yourself again. You got out of bed this morning. Come on. You deserve a round of applause for getting out of bed this morning. We realize that sometimes getting out of bed is difficult. And so just feel good comfortable that you got out of bed this morning. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we celebrate it every Sunday. This event is super, um, super cool for me because this is one of the events that we started to do before we launched as a church. So um, our birthday, if you will, is March 5th, and the year before that, in November of the year before that, um, so this was in November of 2016, we actually participated in the Wyndham Tree Lighting, and uh, so it's it's just a, a community event takes place at the Public Works building, which is right down the road from here, and uh, they light the tree and um, just have a lot of a lot of community there, and so we are providing cookies and cocoa, and so uh, we just ask for you to help us provide cookies by, by baking, and if anyone wants to provide gluten-free cookies, we had that last year, which I thought was a really cool touch. to email, um, please feel free to stop by the Next Step station um, on your way out on the right side of the auditorium or at our Guest Central. And if you have any questions about today, Guest Central is the place for you to, to ask those questions. So thank you for being here. I am excited about today because today we are starting a new series entitled Wonderful Counselors. And here's kind of the uh, thought process of, of this, this series. My style is a, a little bit more practical. Like, I feel like if we can't address the world's issues and if we can't address the issues that we all face on a day-to-day life, then what are we doing here? Like, we're, we're wasting our time if we come in here and we don't talk about the issues that we face on a day-to-day basis. And so my approach to this whole thing called preaching is uh, I want to give you something that will help you live your life. Sometimes it's, it's necessary to get deep and theological, um, but only if it's going to help us live out today. Like if, if it's just information, um, then like you guys don't want information. If you want information, you can go to Google, right? You want transformation, and so um, hopefully that's what that's what we go for. And so um, this series is just a, a practical series to help you get through. Holidays, ladies and gentlemen, Christmas is five weeks from Tuesday. Um, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. Come on, somebody, let's eat some turkey, right? Like we're ready to eat some turkey and to have Thanksgiving. The holidays are here, and I don't like it as much as you do, but maybe you do like it. Um, I've gotten into the Christmas spirit a little sooner than normal. Um, I don't know what it is. I think starting a church kind of helped me get there. However, this last year I, dar- I joined the dark side, and it just happened by accident. I have no idea. I'm just all of a sudden humming jingle bells. It's weird. Maybe it's the snow that we got this last week, but I'm kind of in the Christmas mood already. And because of that, I, I realized that we're about to face some of the most difficult times of the season, of the year. I read this last week that suicide, the suicide rate goes up 40%. In the holiday season, forty percent—that's a lot. And I want to do everything that I can to help drive that number down. I want to do everything that I can to to help combat that problem. Right? I want to be a part of the solution. And so, 
That's why we're talking for the next three weeks about the wonderful counselor because, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that going to a therapist, going to a psychiatrist, going to a counselor, all those things are okay. But we have the presence of a wonderful counselor. And even though we have the presence of a wonderful counselor in our life, we still need those therapists and those psychologists and those psychiatrists and those people to help us with our everyday issues. So ladies and gentlemen, we need the presence of a wonderful counselor to get us through it, but he also gives us things to, to help us. And so what I'm getting at is over the next three weeks, I want you to picture with me going into a therapist's office, going into a wonderful counselor's office, and talking about some of the issues that we face during the holiday season. So over the next three weeks, our topics are going to be today we're talking about family, because we all know we got family issues. Today we're talking about family. For some of us, it's crazy family. And you don't want to face your crazy family this Thursday, but you're going to have to face it this weekend. For some of us, it's it's family mourning their grief, mourning the loss of someone that's no longer here. For some of us, it's just straight up conflict. And so we're going to talk about about family today. But next week, uh, next week we're going to talk about the um, just the instability that often comes with family members, the mental health side that um, oftentimes churches do not. Especially in the holidays, and so we're going to talk about um, about the mental health side of of, of things next week. We'll get you um, talking about issues like depression, anxiety, um, stress, busyness, and just the instability that comes along with it. And then we're wrapping up the series with something that I call "I Do Too Much," talking about the blessings that your spouse can have as a blessing in our life. And so today we're going to start with family. Thank you so much for who you are, for what you do. What I ask right now in this moment that you would guide every thought, that you would guide my heart as I speak. Lord, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth would spark my joy inside of me and my heart. God, I pray that you would use the words that I speak to get to the hearts of the people that are going to be listening to this. Lord, I pray that we would talk about things that we would always be willing to talk about. So I've never been to a legit psychiatrist. I'm going to get my tongue tied every time I say that today, so I won't say it again. Um, I've never been to a legit therapist or or counselor, um, although I've often thought that my life would be so much easier if I did that, and that's for a whole other session. Um, But today, for, um, for someone... We have the presence of someone that's far greater than any psychiatrist, psychologist, and counselor, being the wonderful counselor. And so this morning we're going to talk about what it would look like to come face-to-face with family when we open God's Word to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 is where we will find uh, the text for this entire series. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. Also, you can follow along with us in your YouVersion Bible app, um, which would be accessing the Guest Network, um, or the I Guest Network. Uh, you can uh, access that, and it's right behind me. So the YouVersion Bible app, um, if you're looking for the icon, if you don't have it on your, on your app, then you've got to go to the App Store. If you're looking for the icon that looks like that, that's got the Holy Bible uh, right next to it, um, download that app. It's the number one most downloaded Bible app in the world. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. For a child is born to us. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the government 
and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David forever for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So sometime over the next three weeks, I want you to take out a pen or a highlighter, and I want you just to go to Isaiah chapter 9. I want you to just underline that. I've given you permission to write in your Bible so you can do it because the pastor said that it's okay to do it. So um, highlight it. Underline it, highlight it, just make it stand out for you in the next couple of weeks because I want you to understand just exactly how much God wants to be our wonderful counselor, our everlasting father, our prince of peace. He wants to be all of those things, but especially in today's day, we need a wonderful counselor to go through every single morning, every single morning as we open up God's word and go before him. And the thing about the wonderful counselor, I was thinking about this earlier. He doesn't accept insurance because he doesn't have to. He's free, right? Like, like you don't have to have his couch to go in and, and sit on. Again, I've never been to a psychiatrist, so um, I don't know what that looks like. But I want to talk to you a little bit this morning, this morning as we get started. I want to talk to you about um, just family issues because we all face them. We all face them. If we're 100% honest with ourselves, hopefully as you come into this space, you feel, you feel safe enough to be 100% honest. I know it takes a little while to get through this. But if we're 100% honest with ourselves, I think we would all admit that we have issues. Look at your neighbor and say, I have issues. Now look at your second choice and say, you have issues. specifically the family issues that we all face. Um, Because let's be honest, we have more than family issues. And we have a lot, a lot that goes on in our lives. So today we're talking about family. Next week, again, we'll talk about the instability that comes along with the holiday season. So we're going to talk about family issues. It's only fair to me to talk to you about my family. Um, My mom... Her name is Phyllis. My dad, his name is Bill. We call him Billis at times. They met in Bible college on a blind date. Uh, and I have two siblings. My dad, so my dad is a pastor um, at, a, at a small Baptist church just outside of Chicago in a town called Crystal Lake, Illinois. Uh, they live in McHenry, Illinois. And um, they just moved there. I've never been to their house. Mom, Dad, as you listen to this podcast, I promise you I will get to your house someday. Um, But it's not going to happen this year. I'm sorry. So I have two siblings. Christy is the oldest. She has a daughter named Caitlin. Caitlin goes to Taylor University. She will be 20 years old in January. That makes me feel really old. Um, But she's also in January. She's going on her first missions trip to Africa, which I'm pretty, pretty pumped about. Um, and then I've got a brother, Billy, uh, who you've seen. He looks a lot like me, although he's not Garen. Um, if you know Garen, he looks almost more like me than my brother looks like me. Um, but my brother, Billy's married to Vivian, and they have a dog named Dexter, and they live in Stoughton, Massachusetts, and they come up to see us uh, every once in a while. My family and I have been through a lot together. Uh, I went to four high schools in three years, in three different states, Illinois, Kentucky, and Indiana, and then we moved back to Illinois for the, uh, for the fourth time, and two things happen when you, uh, when you move around so much. Uh, the one thing that happens is you learn how to make friends wherever you go, uh, which if you know anything about me, you know I have a hard time maybe making friends. sarcasm, I'm sorry. Um. (laughs) 
So I have a hard time making friends, and uh, a lot of that has to do with moving around so much. And then the other, the other thing that happens is we become very close to everybody. And so my family and I, we, we became very close, and I'm happy to say that as close as we've gotten. Um, we don't have any major issues in my family to this day, although we do have issues. We do have Family issues are, are oftentimes out of our control. And um, I want you to know this morning that just because your family has issues doesn't mean that you're a dysfunctional family. It doesn't mean that you're a dysfunctional family because we all, every family has issues. It doesn't make you dysfunctional. And so this morning, we are going to look at, at three specific issues that, that families often face three specific issues that families often face. And let me just say that as we as we get into this message, a few weeks ago, so I say a few weeks ago, in September, <laughs> so a couple months ago, we, we did a series called Baggage. And all of our messages are, are on our website, refugeegreen.church slash messages. Um, you can go back and listen to any of those messages. Um, and let me just say that, so that message was the third of our baggage series, it was on September 9th, um, I went back to look it up because I realized that, that this message this morning may, may bring up some, some real deep relational wounds that all of you have, and I believe that that, that sermon um, addresses those issues extremely well, um, as well as I could do at least, um, and, and so go back and listen to that. Family issues. So we've got three of them this morning. The first one is family conflicts. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write it down. Family conflicts is the issue number one. And so if we're going to talk about family conflicts, again, I have to tell you about my family's favorite conflict to talk about. And uh, we call it the taco fight in my, in my family. Um, my wife told me this morning not to talk about it. But I'm going to anyway. My wife and I go over our notes, my notes every once in a while, and I've got to that part. Actually, what happened was she walks up to my iPad and she starts reading my notes, and she goes, "Oh, taco fight, huh? I don't think you should talk about that." So that's how that happened. She's funnier than I am, evidently, because you laugh at her jokes, but not mine. So the way I remember it, I was in college. to the last taco. I can't believe I'm telling you this story. We're down to the last taco, and my brother Billy and I decided that we were going to fight for the taco. May the best man win the taco. And as we're fighting for this taco, like, I'm not talking arguing. I'm talking fist, like, toe-to-toe. And as my brother and I are toe-to-toe, my mom decides to get in between our toes, and as my mom gets in between Billy and I, my mom takes a tumble, and that tumble ended up finding her in Salem Community Hospital, ER, with something wrong with her knee. Now, um, I don't remember really the extent of the damage to her knee. I don't think it was anything too bad, although today she walked with a limp, and I promise it's not going to be a taco brother and I, we still get along today. 
in all of our families. And if we're not careful with the conflicts in our lives, it can destroy our families. I think it's important that if we are going to understand family conflict this morning, we have to understand it from a biblical perspective. And not just family conflict from a biblical perspective, but we have to understand family from a biblical perspective. The word family in the Hebrew language originally means nation. And so in the, in the, in the Bible, if you, if you think about families in the Bible, the families in the Bible represented nations in the Bible. You talk about the nation of Israel that came out of a man by the name of Jacob. Like the families in the Bible represent nations. Do you understand that? Shake your head yes so I can hear him rattle. Okay, good. Like it helps if we understand that the families in the Bible represent nations because I think if you understand that, then you can understand why conflicts happen. In fact, that's why divorce is so brutal because you're tearing apart a nation anytime that families are separated, anytime that families are torn apart by divorce. So it's important that we understand from a biblical perspective, what families are, what families represent. But the understanding of family and, and, and understanding of the nations doesn't help me resolve any of the conflict that I have in my life and, and my family life. doesn't help you understand, the, doesn't help you get over the conflict or resolve those, that conflict. And so what does help me resolve the conflict in my family? Let me tell you, I, I realize that conflict in your family goes much beyond a taco. Like, that's just something silly to, to talk about conflict that I've had in my family. But I realize that there, there's history with conflict. So I don't want to breeze past conflict and say that I understand it completely. But I want you to, to hopefully give you some tools to help you resolve the conflict in your life. Now, this isn't going to, boom, make it all disappear, but it will help. And anytime I have conflict in my life, I turn to Romans chapter 12. So turn me to Romans chapter 12 or follow along in your notes or follow along on the screen behind me. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 23. It says, never pay back evil for evil for more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous of God, righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. And if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Now that you knew that I was talking about enemies and you heard about burning coals on their heads, I've got your attention now. You want me to go back and read how you do that? Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Ladies and gentlemen, the resolution for your family conflicts is resolution for your family conflict that you will face this holiday season is forgiveness. But forgiveness isn't always easy. When I lived in Illinois, I was a, I was a youth pastor for 12 years. I've talked about this in the past, so I'm not going to talk about it a ton. But while we were there, I worked with students that were part of an organization called One Hope United. One Hope United were 
was a residential facility for kids that had been taken away from their homes, taken, taken away from their families. You want to talk about some family conflict. These kids had some deep, deep, deep family conflict. Parents that chose drugs over their children. Parents that, um, that constantly let their children down. Parents that would um, sexually abuse their kids, physically abuse their kids, and emotionally abuse their kids. And these were the kids that we were working with. And if I'm talking about family conflict for you and the resolution of your family conflict is forgiveness, then the same is true for them that the resolution for their family conflict is also forgiveness. And ladies and gentlemen, when you have to sit there and tell a child that they are supposed to forgive their parent that put them through the worst thing that you could ever imagine, better have a good understanding of what forgiveness looks like. And it's hard. Forgiveness is not easy. If it were easy, you would have already forgiven the family that you're going to face this Thanksgiving, and you're not going to have to worry about it. So we have to have a proper view of forgiveness. And I believe that that comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 19. We just read it. I'm going to read it for you again. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. So my definition of forgiveness, and I've given this to you before. But my definition of forgiveness comes from a pastor friend of mine by the name of Sean Sears. I listened to this sermon probably 10 years ago. And when he gave this definition of, of forgiveness, I was sitting there a lot like you are right now. And I, and I made sure that I wrote it down because I never wanted to forget this definition of forgiveness because it is so practical and so easy. Because the definition that he gave forgiveness for forgiveness was this. Forgiveness is giving up the right that I have to pay someone else back. Let me say it again. Forgiveness is giving up the right that I have to pay someone else back. When you are hurt, you have, you technically have the right to hurt someone back. That's why hurt people hurt people all the time. Because we think that it is our right. They hurt us. So I'm going to hurt them back. And you know what? That would be okay. It wouldn't be right. But we can all understand why you hurt them. In fact, there are times that we get hurt in our lives and we look at people that have hurt us. And you know what we say? Well, hurt people hurt people. And we give it as a pass because that person had the right to pay you back. But ladies and gentlemen, when you forgive them, when you forgive them, you give up your right to pay them back and you don't do it. That's what forgiveness is. We have this concept that forgiveness is we have to forget about what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the Bible says that God does in the book of Psalms. That he sets, that he sets the sin, our sins as far as the east is from the west, never bringing them together again. That's what God does. But if someone were to hurt my daughter, you better believe I'm going to remember that. Now, I might not go kill him like I want to. I'll forgive them. I hope in my heart that I'll be able to forgive them. But when we look at forgiveness from the perspective of giving up my right to pay someone else back, we realize I could do that. The family that you're going to face this next week or two weeks, three weeks from now, however many, five weeks from now, sorry family that you're going to face that you have conflict with, stop paying them back. Pick up the phone. Give them a call. Have that tough conversation. Stop paying them back. Pastor Adam, how do I do that? Like, you don't, you don't get it. Like, you don't understand what they did to me. 
I don't have to. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've all been to CCD, so you understand that. That, that message, or that, that prayer. For those of you that aren't Catholic, CCD is what you go through in the Catholic faith. I wasn't Catholic, so I've learned that. You've all learned the Lord's Prayer. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 6. And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Can you imagine if the forgiveness that Jesus gives you was based on the forgiveness that you give other people? Ouch. You ready to pick up that phone yet? (laughs) When we remember all that God has forgiven us of, it becomes that much more possible to forgive those that have hurt us. Because we realize how much we have hurt him. And that he's able to forgive us anyway. Therefore, we should be able to forgive those that have hurt us. So number one, family conflict number one. Family, sorry, family issues number one, family conflict. The resolve for family conflict is forgiveness. Family issue number two, family mourning or family grief. For the ability to use the letter C in each one of them, I almost call it family crying, but then I realized it didn't make sense. Family mourning and family grief. And let's be honest, losing a family member at times, at, at, at any time of the year is difficult. But when we lose a family member in December, November, it becomes extra hard to face the holidays. But losing a family member at any time of the year is difficult. I lost a, grand, a grandmother in January. I lost a, a, a grandfather in December. And it, it's hard. It's always hard to lose someone you love. Again, the reason I, I stand here just really struggling to find the words is because, um, and I've, I've got words written down, but I'm still having a hard time finding them, because I realize that mourning is difficult. I realize that grief is real, and nothing that I'm about to say in the next five minutes is going to erase any of the pain that the grief has caused. It's not going to erase it. Hopefully it'll help you. In John eleven thirty five, the shortest verse in all of Scripture, just two words: Jesus wept. Do you know why Jesus wept? Jesus wept. Jesus cried because he had lost a friend that was very dear. Jesus also mourned that even though he was God, he still had to face the storm of mourning in his life. So what is the resolution for mourning, Pastor Adam? The resolution for mourning is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Jesus talks about it before he faces it. I love that Jesus talked about facing mourning before he faced it himself. In Matthew chapter 5, he's preaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he says in in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. He says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's okay to mourn. Just don't stay there. 
Use it as an opportunity to grow towards the God that offers you great comfort. Grow to the God that wants to offer you blessing in your morning. Use it as an opportunity to lean in on him and to get it from him. Because the resolution for your morning is your comfort. In the book of John, chapter 14, there's a name for the Holy Spirit. The name offered to us in John 14 is the word comforter. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You've all been in CCD, so you've heard of him before. The Holy Spirit that is a part of us right now, that is here in this room, this very moment, the Holy Spirit is here, and therefore we are to rely on Him for our comfort. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And therefore we have to realize that we get our comfort from two different places. The, the, I believe the Bible shows us two different places that we get comfort. Number one is from God Himself, the Holy Spirit. Is the comforter. That's in John chapter 14. We know it well. But the second place that we get comfort is from each other. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. I this is one of my go-tos anytime I, I preach a, a funeral. This is one of my go-to passages for a funeral. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort others. Did you catch it? So that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. For the more that we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ, even when we are weighed down with troubles. It is for our comfort and our salvation. And for when we ourselves are comforted, you will certainly, he will certainly, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things that you suffer. Ladies and gentlemen, we need each other. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you. Look at your second choice and say, I need you too. We need each other. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are here and you're going through a difficult time, I want you to know that we're a community. And a community grows closer together by spending time together. That's why we're disappointed when you're not here. That's why we miss you when you're not here. It's not because we believe you should be in church. Because we want you to be a part of this community. It's like that friend that you haven't seen in a long time. That maybe maybe it's someone that you spent a lot of time with, and you're able to meet meet up with them and and, and just pick up where you left off. I like how many have those friends that you just pick up where you left off. I love those people. Just pick right up where you left off. Ladies and gentlemen, in order to be able to pick up where we left off, you have to be here. You have to be here. That's why, that's, that, like, one of my, uh, one of my fears in starting a church is, um, actually at one point, shortly after we started, I heard someone say, you know, I like Adam, he just makes me feel really bad anytime I see him because I can't go to church every Sunday. And it's like, whoa, wait, wait, like, that's not my goal. Like, that's not what I want. It's not about the church. It's not, it's not about, it's not about what we're doing. Like, if you're going to another church, that's great. Go and be a part of that community and get plugged in so that you're there and, and, and just be, a, don't, stop being wishy-washy about church. Not, not because our church is the best. Because our church is a community. And because we need you. You have something to offer that I don't. You make us better. The comfort that you have been 
is for someone else. We should spread it. But how do you offer it if you're not present? Better move on before I get on a soapbox. God is our comfort. He is the source of our comfort. But we need each other to help us get through it. If we're going to be a community, we have to be present. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a hard time in the holidays, in the holiday season, first of all, I want you to know, if you don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, send me an email. Let me know. I'll get you Either I will get you connected with someone else, or I'll approve it with my wife, and we can go into our house. Happy wife, happy life. But seriously, if you have any difficulty in this holiday season, talk to somebody. Let us know struggling for whatever reason. Maybe it's because you don't want to face your family or maybe it's because you don't want to face the morning. But whatever it is, talk to someone. And so, family con- or number issue number one, family conflict. Or resolution is forgiveness. Issue number two, family mourning. The, the resolution is comfort. if you don't know who the crazy is in your family, I've got bad news for you. Family crazies. We all have the family crazies in our lives, in our families. Do you know who the crazy was in Jesus' family? Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, verse 20 through 30, Three twenty through 30 says, one time Jesus entered a house and crowds began to gather again. Soon he was with his disciples. Sorry, soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. So they're very busy. They finally go into this house. Verse 21 says, when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. Who is him? Who is he? Jesus. Jesus and his disciples go into this house. When his family hears what's going on, they try and take him away because they said this about him. He is out of his mind. You know who that person's going to be on Thursday that says that you're going to call out of their mind already, don't you? He's out of his mind, they said. Verse 22. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said he's possessed by Satan and the prince of demons, that's where he gets the power to cast out demons. So his his family and the people around him think that he's so crazy that they say that he's actually possessed by, by the devil, by demons. Verse 23, Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan? How am I going to tell myself to get lost? <laughs> Verse 24, a kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. I'm just going to let the silence take, take care of that one. Verse 26, and if Satan is divided the fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger is someone who can tie up and plunder his house. I tell you the truth. All sin is, uh, and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemies the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying that he was possessed by an evil spirit. What Jesus is saying here is, if you say Jesus is evil, 
that can't be forgiven. If that's what you believe in your heart, not believing Jesus, not believing in the name of Jesus cannot be forgiven. Because by his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord of all. That's what Jesus is saying here is that, that, that um, if we say that he's evil, then that can't be forgiven. And that brings me to the conclusion of today's message. You see, the Bible tells us that because Jesus died and he rose again, that he has given us the right to be called children of God. And there is no other family that I want you to be a part of than God's family. So the resolution for family crazy, are you ready for that? Because I know that you're sitting there wondering what it is. The resolution for family crazy is just let them be crazy. And love them anyway. They're going to be crazy. It's okay. Love them anyway. You see, the resolution to... Jesus' family, you ready for this? Was actually putting their faith in the one that they thought was crazy. At least you don't have to do that. The only way that you can experience peace is by putting your faith in Jesus. The mission of the Refuge Church is that when we face the storms of life, if we make Jesus our refuge, we never have to be overwhelmed by the storm. And so we exist in order to share that with people, that we share with you that when the storms of life come, because they will come, because we all have issues, in the middle of that storm, if we can find a way to run to Jesus as our refuge, we will never be overtaken by the storms of life. You may be able to stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. We want to help you get through the holiday season. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that the reason why we celebrate great Christmas is because of the gift that Jesus was to the world, that he would come and he wouldn't stay as a baby, that he would go to a cross and he would die a brutal death in my place and in your place, and he would come back to life so that I could have the gift of eternal life. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You've never placed your faith in Jesus. I want you to know that I get it. There's a lot of unknown right now. You've come into this high school. You've listened to this message that hopefully will help you a little bit this holiday season. But now you're confronted with this decision. The fact of the matter is, if you have made the decision to follow Jesus with your life, you know that you've done that. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, you know that you haven't. So here's what I want to ask you. As bravely as you can, with every ounce of courage that you have, my promise to you is that I will not put you on, on blast. I will not put you, I will not put the spotlight on you. I will not call you out. I will simply acknowledge you by saying thank you. 
If you've never put your faith in Jesus, would you put your, would you raise your hand and say, I've never done that? Anybody like that at all? never placed my faith in Jesus. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. To believe it in your heart. I can't make you believe it, but this is simply the first step in coming into a relationship with Jesus, the one that died for you. Just pray with me. Say, God, I come before you acknowledging that I have done wrong. But thank you that your son, Jesus, died for the wrong that I have done. I ask you to come into my life to make me a new person. And God, as I become that new person, I ask that you would help me love people. Help me love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not done. Because I know are about to face some family this week. I know that some of that family that you're going to face, you need help with. So I'm going to say a prayer. And at the conclusion of my prayer, we're going to celebrate what God has done today. And then we're going to sing a song together. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are and what you do. Father, thank you for your word that is true. Thank you that your word helps us get through the difficult things of life, even the difficult holidays that we face, even the difficult families that we face. And so, God, I pray that you would use this series to help us grow closer to you so that we can get through these next five weeks with your help. And so, God, I want to pray right now for the families that are represented in this room that you would help them through the difficult times that they will face this week. Lord, if there is conflict that is amongst us, Lord, I pray that you would help resolve that through forgiveness. Father, if there is, if there is mourning, Lord, I pray that you would send the great comforter to comfort those that need it today. God, I pray that you would give us strength to face it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give God a hand today, would you? Come on. Come on. Let's sing a song.